Blog Talk Radio. Dude, it sucks. 
Uh, it's such a football that a team as talented as this would just implode. It just reminds me of all the all the internal turmoil that went on with San Francisco after they rolled Colin Kaepernick all the way to uh, was it, yeah, all the way to the Super Bowl, and then yeah. boom, just fell apart right after that. It, it didn't make sense, and this one literally does not make sense. And yeah, I joked about the window all season. But it just felt that way, especially not having bail. It started off really badly. And, yeah, it seems like you picked up a couple of steam, picked up some steam somewhere in the middle, and it looked like the defense was starting to play good defense. Yeah, we were 7-2-1. and We were 7-2-1 and at one point. Yeah, 7-2-1. and mm-hmm. It looked like, okay, okay, maybe that window is wide open. But now with this and the implosion, oh, my God, dude, uh, I don't want to say rebuild, but God, dang, they better keep everything they can and do everything they can to keep them rebuilding. As far as, you know, somebody has to take the blame for this. I'm sorry. This is too talented of a team for, for, this, for nobody to take the blame. Okay? So we will first blame the GM for not getting the job done with Le'Veon Bell. That man has done everything you asked him to do. Okay, I don't give a damn what era people think this is when it comes to football. You still need to run the ball, and that guy was over two-thirds of the offense. Uh, secondly, uh, Mike Thomas, I love him. You know what I'm saying? Definitely a brother and head coach. But this is your team. All that public uh, talk about Le'Veon Bell's contract from the players and then this internally? No. You are the head coach. These guys should be listening to what you tell them to do and how they should do it when it comes to stuff like that. He needs to get it together. Or they need to find somebody that can help them get it together. You know, Real talk, man. I, I want to bad for you, but I want to, I want to, you know, K-Star said James Harrison is not a fan of Tom Lynch. And I think the reason he's not a fan of Tom Lynch is because he went over to fifth uh, New England, and saw, I don't want to say a real head coach because we all like Mike Tomlin, but I think we're starting to see that Mike Tomlin may not be all he's cracked up to be. I think we're starting to see cracks in Tomlin's game. And when, you know, Harrison went to New England, he said, you know, and he was interviewed after he retired, and they asked him, you know, two great head coaches, and he very clearly said, Tomlin ain't in Belichick's league. Belichick, he's like, when I went to New England, and I, I saw this interview live when it happened, he said, that's a well-oiled machine over there. Belichick has the system in place, and you either play by his rules or you're out of there. There's no wiggle room. There's no favoritism. There's no, like, this is it. And, you know, when Tom Brady, your superstar, can be questioned when he misses the pass or whatever, Everybody, he said, that wasn't the case in Pittsburgh. And I think we're seeing that now, you know, the Facebook video that, that, that homeboy did, Ben's interviews up and down. One day he sounds like Peyton Manning. The next day he sounds like Cam Newton. You know, it, I, I personally think a lot of this falls on Tomlin. And it's starting to look like while he's been very successful, um, and, and I, I, I'm not saying I, I mean I respect the guy, but I mean the proof is that I mean look at what's going on here, look at what's happening. Your team this season, 
It's like this, 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 this just didn't just happen. This is, I said weeks ago that one of the reasons that Jimmy Johnson retired is he said it is hard to get a team to continue to buy into your message, especially when you win the Super Bowl and then you got to come all the way back and do it all over again. He said, we did it twice. I really didn't think I could get that team up for a third run, and it was better to leave with all that talent and give another coach a chance, but it was best. That's what Jimmy Johnson said, okay? And Jimmy's got two in a very short period, five years of coaching, five, well, he had more years, but in his first five years of coaching, two Super Bowls, okay? I said to you guys on this show weeks ago that that's a challenge, especially when you're dealing with divas and superstar athletes. And I think, I think when we talk about who needs to be held accountable, I think the very first person is Mike Tomlin. And then I think the second person is Ben Roethlisberger. I think Ben is culpable here. Now, I'm not saying that Antonio Brown didn't do anything wrong, but he has been allowed to, because he's such a diva and a superstar, he has been given latitudes and leeways that a lot of other teams he wouldn't have had, no matter how productive you are. And now I think it's coming home to roost. You know, had a nerve to miss how many days of practice and show up in the game and think he can play? What? Yeah, that's that's insane. Right. This dude missed like three practices to walk through. (laughs) Yeah, missed three practices to walk through and had his agent call Tomlin Sunday morning saying Antonio's ready to play. (laughs) Right. Mm. And I applaud Tomlin. That's 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 crazy. He would definitely that would have been he'd be fired. If he had yeah, left, yeah, he would have been, he would have lost his job because that would they would have found out and said, "Excuse me, yeah, you got to go, bro," um, and then we take him right over in Dallas. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, hey, I I, I feel for you, K Star, because this dysfunction is as a fan with such a talented team that you're used to being in the postseason every year. It's one thing to miss the miss the postseason, but then have all this dysfunction. Yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah, it's tough. It's insane. It's insane. It's like the season. It, the season was. It's, it's supposed to be over. Yet for some reason, it's still going. And it's like we, we're already out. Why? Why are things getting worse? How are we still? Some, how are we still finding ways to take L's right now? It's insane. Um, yeah. But yeah. I agree about about Tomlin. You know, he's got to be held accountable. The fact, a lot of it, what people are suggesting is that it's been enabled. A, a B. You're right. Is a diva, and there are apparently a few divas in the locker room. Not really much of a surprise. And Apparently, they've been able to get away with a lot of different things that, you know, others may not in other locker rooms. And um, like you said, the chicken's coming home to roost. And one thing I'll say is I hope and I pray that AB is not traded. He is he is a player that, in my opinion, is a generational-type talent and player. You don't really see that production year in, year out, um, and that high level year in, year out from a player. And I hope they work it out. Um, it sounds like Tomlin obviously is going to stay for another year. I am encouraged by that. However, if I'll put it like this, if he can't, if he can't figure this out and manage these guys to not to where they're even cordial, then then I mean he might need to be the one who goes here. I don't want to lose Antonio Brown. I'm sorry. I'd rather lose Tomlin than Antonio Brown, um, especially when you have multiple players who now have left and, and are saying something similar to the degree that Tomlin is, you know. 
isn't what he's cracked out to be, and that and that bothers me. Well, Kish, I don't know if you have much of a choice in the fact when you have the quarterback and the wide receiver at odds. What's that? I don't, I don't know, I don't know that for the way Antonio Brown has been acting that that's that that's recoverable. Oh yeah, that's possible. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I agree with Train. I think that. I think if you if you have to lose a head coach or a wide receiver, you lose the wide receiver. You you got you, you know your number two guy stepped up. You can find another wide receiver. You go in the draft. You can go Ugh. in the free agency. Um, I know AB's, you know, but I mean we went through it in Dallas losing T.O. You know what I mean? Uh, you know Randy Moss played on five teams. You know great wide receivers have moved was... around. I, I get it, but he, like, it even hurts even more because he was a – this is the team that believed in him. He was a sixth-round draft pick. He should not be a player that goes anywhere else. I mean, in, in the sense that yeah, but this franchise believed in him. I hope it still does. I hope that they can figure this out. Like, it's just – I, I get what you guys are saying. Hey, I, hey, I agree. It's just the biased, want, emotional hey, side hey, of me hey, is just like, please figure this out. Yes, because, K-Star, you guys had a game where you needed to go in and win – to keep your chances of getting into the postseason. And he skipped three days of preparation with where he walked out on his team. You think they just gonna let that go? You think if you were on that team and dude just said, you know what, I'm I'm out of here and then his agent calls on the day of the game and said he he's ready to play. Oh, but you weren't here the last three days. I mean if I'm on that team, I don't give a damn who you are or how much I mean Ryan Clark who who was on your team said that him and AB more than once had issues and one time came to blows and said AB has always been about AB. He would rather have the team lose and get 19 targets, 14 catches, 185 yards, and three teams than to win and get three catches for 25 yards. And Ryan Clark seems credible to me. Like he just comes across as, hey, I'm not, I'm not, I ain't got, I ain't trying to make friends. I'm in a new line of work now. I'm going to tell it like it is. And he comes across, he's very deliberate in how he says what he says. He's very clear. There's no vague, vagueness or, or, or you know, uh, he's, he's, he, he makes sense. And that's what he said. So, um, I heard him. you know, you know, yeah. And, and I get it from a talent standpoint. You're right. But dude, sometimes, I mean, Jerry Jones said it best. When he let uh, T.O. go, he said, and, and, of course, they let Des Bryant go, who at one point was maybe top two in the NFL, him and Julio Jones, maybe, back in 2014. And when T.O. left, he sat down, he said, he drew a piece of paper, and he said, this is me. He drew a line. Then he drew another line. He said, this is you. Then he drew a line above him. He said, this is the Cowboys. He said, and this will always mean more then you or I. And he said, T.O., I think we need to part ways. And that's what he told T.O. And I think that A.B., I know financially it may not ha- it may not happen, but on the other hand, I think there's a lot of teams out there like San Francisco who's got a lot of cap room who can absorb his contract and would love to have him on, the, on their team and give him a fresh start. So it could happen. But I think for your team, it, y'all need to move him. 
I don't think you you guys can recover from this. Not after losing Bell and all those antics. And now this, yeah, if, if Tomlin's coming back next year, which everything seems to indicate that he is, I don't see AB returning. I don't think I don't think it can be saved, bro. I think I think you know his days over in Pittsburgh. And I just want to add on to what he is saying. Like, if you want to be a competitive team next season and not be a rebuilding team, if you want to try to get what you can out of Big Ben before he really says, I'm done, Juju is a baller. Juju is a, Juju is possibly a number one. only reason I won't talk to pure number one is because he's playing on the other side of AP and he faced a bunch of one-on-ones. I mean, I don't know yeah. how many double teams did you first this, face this season, but I'm sure he didn't face as many as AB faced. When you become no, number one, it's no. totally a different story. So, yep. um, it may, I, I think part of ways with him, going out there and, and maybe trading for or, or finding another veteran receiver who can who probably who still has enough in his tank to run side-by-side side with Juju. To me, the, uh, the biggest issue, more than anything, is that defense. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I think the offense can still be creative enough, but that defense would need to get it together. Uh, they're like none of those players got issues, so um, you just need to you just need to fill in the holes on your defense and try to come back and be competitive. Because the Browns finished the season strong, the Ravens yep. are in the playoffs, and Cincinnati, as as bad as they may look going down, going towards the end of the season, and Marvin Lewis is finally gone, they still got a lot of talent on their team. Yeah, I'll say this: if the Steelers do trade AB, I hope it's for multiple draft picks, and I hope that it's spent wisely on defensive players at, at the very least. Because I mean, I agree they can at least make things happen with the offensive talent that they do have, and hopefully focus more on being a defensive-oriented team. Because that defense, our defense is trash. <laughs> we just need we need help, man. We, we need more than TJ Watt and Hayden. So yeah. All right, let's make some picks now. Let's talk playoffs, man. Um, congratulations to Dr. Train and congratulations to me and JB. Our teams are in the postseason, um, and uh, this is where this is this is it. As, as Bill Parcells says, this is why you run all those laps. This is why you lift those weights. Uh, this is it. This is you're one and done. Um, if you can't get up for the playoffs, you, you you're dead. So let's talk about these playoff games. I'm going to go in the order of. This week's schedule. So Saturday's game, four four thirty. Colts at the Texans. Um, I'm going to start. I'm going to go over to our AFC guy and start with Kate Star on this. Um, and we can get into this a little bit, you know, because um, really after this, then we'll 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 get on out of here. But uh, Colts at the Texans, Kate Star. Who do you got and why? So I got the Colts. They were just in Houston a few weeks ago, and they ended up winning at Houston. They seem to be getting better each and every week, the Colts do. Uh, Houston seems to be – I won't say they're backing in the playoffs, but, you know, they won eight straight before losing, I think, two of their last three, one of them against Indianapolis. And uh, the Colts' defense is playing really well, which you don't normally see from a Colts team over the last few seasons. Andrew Luck is looking like old Andrew Luck, and that's the problem. Um, and I think they have just enough firepower to get past Houston. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And I think that uh, they, they do enough, and they sack, they get enough sacks and turnovers against the highest-sacked quarterback in the league in Deshaun Watson this season. Um, and I think that, you know, 
luck limits his mistakes and the Colts uh, grab a win on the road and prove that they were the best team in the division. Okay. Uh, JB. Yeah, this is probably an intriguing matchup, probably one of the more intriguing matchups. I'm actually, my gut says Colts, I'm, I'm actually going to just take the Texans. Um, one, because they're at home. Two, the Colts are, are peaking. I think they were the last quarter of the season. They were undefeated. And they, they won four straight. I think the, the quarter prior to that, they were three and one. Uh, something tells me the luck will, will run out, even though they're playing great football. I, I hate to go against them, but I just feel like the Texans at home are a different team altogether and, and seem like they're relatively healthy given this time of year, no major injuries. I think they'll be able to get past the loss of Will Fuller. They've been able to do that thus far, and yet yeah, got that defense too. So um, I'm going to take Texans at home. Okay. And, Train, you're tracking this, our picks, right? Absolutely. Okay. Even though I'm losing uh, well, you're next. <laughs> you're next. Who you got and why? Uh, so, um, I'm, I'm actually going to take the coach in this. I, I've been thinking about this all this all week because I know this is exactly what we were talking about. I thought I was going to take all four home teams. Um, I'm going to take the coach to go on the road and, and still one on this. Um, me and K-Star, I know, picked the Colts to win the division way back, but it just wasn't enough games remaining for them to do so. What I don't like about the Texans is the way they played against tough teams down the stretch. I really did not like the way they played against teams who had something uh, to play for. And that nine-game win streak, I, it's, it's funny, actually, when you go back and listen to a show, I laugh so loud, man, just listening to the 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 show that we made the week fourteen picks it, it was hilarious, but I made a point on that show basically saying when they went on their nine game streak, uh, they I think they managed to be one team that was actually playing ball in that nine in that nine game streak and actually no 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 actually take it back no teams no teams were playing well in the nine game streak and they had Dallas in there but they had a different Dallas team they didn't have this Dallas team I like the Colts. Um, uh, definitely, I, I, I like their quarterback play, even though Deshaun Watson can get it done. Um, I think the coach defense can keep him in, in check a bit. Uh, running backs, to me, is tit for tat. Uh, wide receiver play, to me, will come down to how well the quarterbacks play. Even though uh, Hopkins is definitely the best receiver on the field for that day, uh, talent-wise, um I just think the Colts will have the moxie to get it to get it done on the road against the Texans. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Colts as well. Um, we played both teams, and frankly, the Colts mollywopped us. Uh, it was in Indianapolis. They just, you know, again, it, and, and that was a Dallas team that had been playing pretty well while the Texans got us uh, when we were limping. Um, and, I, I, you know, Andrew Luck is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he's back to the injury luck that uh, he was pre-injury. Um, and I, I, I just – I think his experience is going to come through down the stretch. Um, you know, the Texans, you know, they, you know they're, it's a great story and, you know, hard knocks a year ago and all of that and, you know, um, certainly the defense, but I, I just something tells me I don't know how far the Colts is going to go, but 
I just think their story is going to be written. And this is this is going to solidify Andrew Luck. Is, uh, you know, I don't know why they're talking to J.J. Watt as comeback player of the year. I think that is just ridiculous. Andrew Luck, hands down, should be comeback player of the year. It shouldn't even be close. Um, and I think this game, he'll he'll show why. So I'm going with the with the Colts. And I know they're away, but um, you know, I'm going with the Colts. So all right. Uh, next, and we got the you know for me the game. <laughs> Uh, for me and JB, I should say, the game. So uh, I will start with JB. I'm going to let him go first, and I'll bring up the rear after everyone votes, but um, see what's left to hit on. But uh, Seahawks and the Cowboys, both 10-6. and six, And the Seahawks um, beat the Cowboys earlier in the year um, in Seattle with Earl Thomas. Uh, this game is in Dallas and no Earl Thomas. So uh, Seattle at Dallas. And, uh, J.B., who you got and why? And, and I'll just pick right up from there because those are some of my points, too. So I'm still going Dallas, and, and I'm doing it because of the fact that, one, something about that last game against the Giants. I didn't watch it. It didn't show down here, but I did catch the highlight. And something about grit and determination has reigned through this team, especially in the latter half of the season. Obviously, Amari Cooper's been – the B12 shot and arm that they needed, but being able to fight and scrap through a meaningless game without Zeke, without uh, Martin, without these uh, top-tier players, still get a victory on the road. It feels like that's a confidence builder, something that you can't quantify, you can't put uh, numbers to. And I think they're going to have to roll their way against a tough Seahawks team this weekend, but because of that great determination, and a, and a fresh league on top of it with that defense, um, even though they didn't show up as well just from a, a numbers perspective. But I like I like Cowboys in this one. Uh, the grit is going to come through. Okay. Dr. Train. Yeah, so um, – and let me be open tonight. So when I looked at all the four games early on this week, this was one where I was like, man, you know, Seahawks in the scene in in the season, pretty strong to make that playoff push. They they look like the team you don't want to play, you know, you don't want to have come to your house in the wild card play. Dallas better look out. Um, and I only I only thought that way because the game that stands out the most to me that disappointed me about Dallas is any game was the Colts game. At, a t- at right after the Dallas just put what I considered a real good whooping on the Saints, just defensively, you know, controlling that game, they had a huge letdown against the Colts. And I'm just like, okay, which which Dallas team am I going to see? But I, I, I literally now I just kind of throw all that out the window. I throw all that out the window because, you know, Dallas took some starters out, played against a division rival, and the best thing the coach did was make Dak Prescott play the whole game because he needed to. <laughs> he needed to get it together. You know, I like Dallas to defend the home field. I don't think the Seahawks is, de- is, is hands down the better team. I think they they have some good things. Uh they have some things they may have better than Dallas. Yep, the quarterback experience, the the playoff experience. You know, but um, Dallas has defended their home well this season at seven and one. 
And yes, this is a playoff, but still, they are at they are at home. They have a defense that does know how to fly all over the place. Everybody keeps getting high on Seattle and Seattle's run game. Well, what happens if you stop the run? Russell Wilson has to pass the ball. What has happened when Russell Wilson has had to drop back and consistently pass the ball? He's going to give you one, guaranteed. I, we we saw we've seen him do it throughout the season until they were able to run the ball. So I like Dallas and stopping the run. My only question mark still uh, is Dak Prescott's play. Will he? Will he not make those? And it's not. It's not so much that he just plays bad. Okay, the thing that hurts me most about Dak Prescott is the red zone turnover. Just, just the red. Your team is about to get three or more. Don't give the ball away. You know, and I, I, I think he can overcome that enough at home for Dallas to win the ball, and Dallas definitely need to be able to run the ball well, and I think they can against Seattle. So there's nothing crazy great about Seattle that they should walk down there and beat Dallas. Dallas is a solid team and ready to ball. Yep, they got smacked up against the mouse of the coach, but as I'm hearing the players talk, that was more or less of a wake-up call, like, hey, okay, we, we got to play for real. So I like Dallas. You, you know, Trey, just a tip. When you have two Cowboy fans on the show, you can leave a little bit left for the Cowboy fans to talk about. You sound more like a Cowboy fan than JB. Good God. Hey, man. Um, Who's on Good God. Hey, go ahead. Who you got and why? Yeah, I like Dallas also. Um, Ezekiel Elliott ran for 127 yards of just 16 attempts in week three of the season against them. There was a stretch. <clears throat> where Seattle gave over 100 yards in four straight games to the likes of Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, Christian McCaffrey, and then the year they gave up 100 yards at home to um, Damian Williams of the Chiefs. I'm sorry, week 16. Uh, so already we know the fact that Dallas has established a run against them in the past off limited attempts. Their offense is more efficient than we saw in week three. They're at home. Um, Dallas gives up only 3.8 yards per carry on the ground, so if they take away the run, um, then they can unleash that pass rush against Russell Wilson. I think that sets up really well for Dallas, and I think that they uh, went at home. Okay. So the good news about being a diehard Cowboy fan is I can touch on something that none of y'all, not even not even my my wonderful brother missed uh, or caught, but I know he's a little under the weather, so it's all good. But, um, you know, everything everybody said is right on point. Um including the, the, the discussion about the Cowboys against the Giants and all the things that they did and how, you know, that game worked out. But what, what really people are missing, and not even the media has caught this, which is why I need to be on TV doing what I do, because I bring, I bring shit to the discussion that no one else seems to catch. But let me, let me break it down to you. Everybody's talking about how great this game is and how, it, you know, it was a gamble for Jason Garrett and, and management, and they got out of it with no serious in, injuries, momentum into the game, and Dak looked better, and they did it with starters sitting on the sideline and blah, blah, blah. All that's true. What you guys, no one is remembering, including the media, is what happened two years ago. What no one is remembering when Dallas went in to week 17 and rested um, most of their players, Dak played a series, 
Romo went in and did his last series ever, and then I don't even remember who. I think Kellen Moore might have been the, the next quarterback, finished out the game. They lost that game. Then they had a bye. So, in essence, they had three weeks before they played their game. Go out uh, against Minnesota in Dallas and fall to Aaron Rodgers 21-3, to and the team looked like a team that hadn't played football in three weeks. Now, they did regain and get moving and ended up coming back, tying the game twice before losing on the last second field goal to Green Bay uh, after Aaron Rodgers made that miraculous throw that the tight end caught out of bounds. So it was heading out of bounds. He was in bounds, but he caught the ball. And I think Jim, uh, uh, Jason Garrett and, and whoever else makes it, Stephen Jones, I, you know, whoever, that I think they know we needed, we needed this team especially Dak Prescott, to go in warm and in game condition, in game, like just next week, boom, boom, boom. They won seven out of eight. The only egg they laid was to the Colts. Okay, they laid an egg. That game's long gone and forgotten. And I think they realize we're not resting people, except for, you know, Zeke had a lot of touches. Tyron Smith had a stinger. Zach Martin had an ankle, you know. Uh, a couple of players got hurt during the game. They took them out and didn't put them back in. Like, they wanted to make sure they were fresh, but they wanted to make sure they were still in rhythm. And that's what they weren't two years ago. And, you know, Dak was a rookie. Now he's in year three. And so what did they say? Let's go in. We want you guys in rhythm. And they said, and we're going to work on some stuff. And what did they work on? They worked on red zone. They worked on the passing game, which has not been up to speed. In a meaningless game in Dallas against a giant team who had been playing better and would have loved nothing more than to send Dallas limping into the playoffs, this team comes out. Dak goes for four touchdowns, 387 yards, no interceptions. The only turnover by Dallas was Amari Cooper, who – who was very sure-handed, just a fluke hit where the ball popped out. And Cole Beasley makes an incredible catch. I'm sure you all saw it. And what did Dallas do? And, of course, I said on Twitter, if Dallas scores a touchdown, they're going to go for two for the win. And what did they do? They went for two, and they went for the win, and they got it. And then the defense, who hadn't played great, had given up 35 points to the Giants and had a penalty – So the kickoff was from the 20-yard line. And so Giants returned the ball to the 48. And all they needed was maybe 20 yards to get in the field goal range because their their kicker could definitely make it, looking like a freaking linebacker. And the Cowboys defense stiffened up just when it needed it most. Four and out, game over. This team is ready for the playoffs, and they're ready for the Seahawks. And I know Seattle comes in with a lot of experience, especially Russell Wilson. And, and, you know, I always say coaching quarterback. And, hey, if I was a betting man, I don't know. I Coaching quarterback, I'd have to give the edge to Seattle. But Jason Garrett over the last couple of months, he stepped up and made some very tough decisions on ball management, fourth down, and personnel. And this team's going in. Really, the only guy who's probably not going to be playing this weekend is David Irvin, and he hasn't played in eight or nine games anyway. Everybody else is healthy. They're home. 
They're on a roll. They're confident. They scored 36 points in a meaningless game. Yeah, this team. And last thing I'll say is, if you listen to all of, and I did finally hear on the herd, Kyle Herd and that other guy that fills in for him, both picked Dallas. But before that, everybody's picking Seattle. So on top of that, Dallas isn't getting any respect, which I love. Keep disrespecting them. Keep saying that Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, which he might be. I got no issue with that. But keep saying that they're a better team and, you know, Dallas is in over their head and Dak is unreliable and he's uncertain and, you know, keep, keep putting it out there because this team thrives. Right now, that's just feeding them. That's just feeding them. This team's going to win this game on Saturday. And I'm not, I'm not just speaking as a homer. I truly believe. This team's going to win this game on Saturday. I truly believe at home this team wins this game on Saturday. And clearly, since we all said Dallas, you know, I didn't have to convince you guys. We're all on the same page. All right. Moving right along. Next game we move on to Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, as Al Roker would say. And these all four of these games are great, man. we got great playoff games this weekend. The Chargers at the Ravens. Let's Start with Dr. Train on this one. Chargers at the Ravens. Train, who you got and why? Uh, I'm, I'm going to start this one with the uh, with the NFL draft. You know what I'm saying? With Lamar Jackson being taken the last pick of the first day, the Baltimore Ravens trading up with the Philadelphia Eagles to get what they thought to be their future quarterback. I don't think they thought it was going to be this season, uh, but they felt like they were they were moving up to get their future quarterback. And all the talk and, and how all the other quarterbacks are rated ahead of this guy, uh, he just falls and falls and falls. And I remember when he got when he got picked and he gets up there in his interview and there's Deion Sanders with him and Deion is like, Mom, you know, how, how you feel? And that boy was hot. That boy was hot. That boy was ready. And he was ready to show however many teams needed a quarterback that they made a mistake and they didn't pick him. The Ravens are in the playoffs because of the way this dude played. The way this dude played the quarterback position versus how Joe Flacco played the quarterback position. I love it. So here's the thing. Who – who do I want? So I look at the Chargers. They beat the Chiefs. I thought it was a nice win, but I watched that game. And I, I, I watched a Chargers team just make mistakes that was just kind of ridiculous uh, in a sense, and, and, and couldn't necessarily protect Phillip Rivers. And this is a rematch. And, 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 and it's a rematch, and it's in Baltimore up against a defense that actually played pretty, that actually played really well this season. They're in the top five of, uh, in a lot of, in, in quite a few stats, you know, and they played even them. better with Lamar Jackson. When Lamar Jackson took over, because they were able to run the ball, get some rest, run some clock, and put the defense back on the field. You know, long story short, I'm going to go with the Ravens. Uh, I, I've seen how the Chargers have played. At one point, they were considered a hot team, but I love the defense. I love the grind that the Ravens have. Um, I don't like the way Phillip Rivers played under some of the pressure that, I, that I've seen. 
And I like the Ravens to get it done again on a uh, second time around. Uh, JB. Yeah, I'm taking the Ravens, too, for a lot of what Train just said. And I think it's not just the fact that the Ravens have already beaten the Chargers in L.A. It's the proximity. This was only a few weeks ago. So it's pretty fresh. It's pretty um, more in the forefront of folks' mind. I know the Chargers are going to think about what they did wrong. Ravens are going to think about what they did wrong also. But Lamar Jackson does bring a different element to this team. And and he's helping both sides of, of the ball. He helps the defense out. He he helps the offense out. And um, even though Hunter Henry, I think, is back for the Chargers, um, I don't think that's enough. And, and Melvin Gordon, I don't believe, is 100% either. That's not going to be enough. I'm taking the Ravens in this one also. All right. K-Star. Yeah, you guys um, talk shit when I have the Ravens in my – top five early in the year for good reason. But in all seriousness, part of the reason why I have is because their defense was ferocious and it's been ferocious all season. And like train said, Lamar Jackson's running ability has really um, unlocked, really optimized their defense by, you know, limited time on the field for them. They are fresh. Uh, if you make a mistake against them, you're going to pay because the time of possession that Baltimore commands with their rushing attack is unbelievable. It's like a two-to-one ratio in terms of plays that they run versus their opponent. I don't think that changes in Baltimore. I think that Baltimore plays even better at home. Um, and I think that they get this win over uh, Philip Rivers-led team. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. It'll be a good game, but the Ravens are a problem, unfortunately. This is a different team than we saw with Joe Flacco. Um, you know... <laughs> It's interesting that you guys are all picking the Ravens and and so much, like, no respect for um, the Chargers, who finished the season 12 and 4, and, you know, had things fell a certain way because they had a first-round bye. And y'all acting like, man, they, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know I, I'm a bit surprised. But, um. You know, I, I'm going to be the dissenter, which is why I'm probably the only one. I think I had four undefeated weeks uh, this season. I think I was the only one able to do that. I know JB surged down the stretch and was able to catch me, and we, we ended the regular season as a tie. So, you know, if I'm going to tie with anybody, I'm glad it was my brother. So good for him. But um, I don't know with the Chargers. I think y'all giving the Ravens a little too much respect. I agree with some of what you said. I think – you know, I never believed in Fluco, Flacco. I've, I've said that from day one. I never believed in him. And um, certainly Lamar Jackson has brought a different element, his, his ability to scramble and run. Um, but, you know, now there's enough film on him that I think the Chargers can, you know, can, can prepare and, and, you know, you, you, you can get a sense of what he's going to bring. Um, Melvin Gordon's going to play, and I think he's going to make an impact. And I just think Philip Rivers – just something this year, I've said this, and I, I was not one who believed in the Chargers in previous years because they tended to always have a streak um, and, and make themselves competitive and then fold. And I had said a while back, I don't think this team's going to fold. And they really have it. I mean, 12-4 and four is 12-4. and four. Um, You know, and, and, and I just think that while Lamar Jackson has played well, he's still a rookie, and that matters. And remember, we had Dak Prescott, who came in 
and and you had arguably statistically, you know, one of the best rookie seasons ever. Eleven game win streak and all of that, and mobile and all of that, and uh, went into the divisional round and lost. Okay, um, Lamar Jackson is a rookie, and Philip Rivers is a veteran. And I just think down the stretch, that's all matter. You know, Philip Rivers has seen a lot. Lamar Jackson is still growing. He's going. He has all the intangibles. I'm not talking bad. I'm just stating facts. There's a reason why no rookie quarterback has made it to a Super Bowl. There's a reason for that. Experience matters, and I think we're going to see it in this game. I think the, the Chargers are going to um, analyze what didn't go right in the first meeting, and they're going to adjust. And I just, Philip Rivers, you want to talk about gritty and gutsy? And a guy who's played out of his mind for most of the season? Yeah, Lamar Jackson's played well, but Philip Rivers, is, he's been on fire overall. He's had a couple bad games, but who hasn't? So I'm going to be the dissenter of the group, and I'm going with the Chargers on this one, baby. Um, I just, you know, I know I know they're on the road, um, but, you know, I don't think it, it matters to a point in the playoffs, certainly home field advantage. There is something to be said, but when you're talking about a guy who's played 15 years in the league, he's seen all of this. You know, he's been to the postseason. He's seen all of this. He knows what to do. He knows what to say to his team. You think Lamar Jackson knows what to say? Maybe, you know, Harbaugh knows. I give, I give you that. But the quarterback's leader of that team on the field. So I, I got to – I mean, I'm going with the experience on this one, brother. I, I just – you know, I respect you guys, and maybe I'll be wrong, um, but I, I'm going with the Chargers, man. I'm, I'm, I think they're going to pull this one out. So, Chargers. That's two away again. That's two. That's two um, road teams that I'm picking. So there. All right. Uh, last but definitely not least, the marquee game of the weekend. I don't know whether to start with Dr. You know what? No, I'm not going to start with Dr. Train. I'm going to finish with Train. We're going to let Train clean this up. Um, we know who he's picking, but we're going to let him convince us after we go through ours. So I'm going to go first on this one, um, but I don't really have a lot to say because, this, you know, my boy is a Bears fan, and I can't stand the Eagles. So this is a perfect storm for me to pick the Bears definitively. I mean, the Eagles could be 15-1, and one, and the Bears can be – you know, nine and seven, and in the sixth seed, and the Eagles could be the one seed, and this could be a divisional round game, and I'd still pick the damn Bears because I can't stand the fucking Eagles. Can't stand them. I want the Bears to win, period. Hate the Eagles. Can't stand the Eagles. Hate their fans. It's just ridiculous. Okay, now, as far as football reasons why, man, that defense, Eddie Jackson and them boys, Khalil Mack, I think Trubisky, like Dak, gets a bad he gets a bad rap. Guy's got a good running game. You got weapons, but that defense, you know, and all this talk about Nick Foles. Shut up, shut up. I think the Bears, you know, I, I have a dream. I'm like Martin Luther King Jr. Baby, I have a dream that the three seed and the four seed is going to meet in the NFC Championship game, and we're going to have to go to Soldier Field and play them Bears in a few weeks. And the first step is going to be Dallas winning on Saturday, and the second step is going to be Chicago stamping out this, this, all this momentum that the, that the Eagles have, and they're doing it all over again, and Nick Foles, and oh, my God. And yeah, no. 
Now it ends here. It ends in Chicago Sunday night. Bears are going to do it. All right. Um, uh, K-Star, who you got and why? Uh, I got the Bears, you know, playing at home. <clears throat> That's the best. Them in Baltimore are the best defenses in the league. I don't think it's really all that close. Um, I know Nick Foles have banged up going to the game with, with bruised ribs. Uh, I think that they might get tested. Well, they certainly will get tested by Khalil Mack and company. Um, and the Achilles heel for the Eagles, you know, look, they had to fight back to get in the wild card. Probably the reason why they had to fight back to get uh, that last seed is because all year they've been really exploited in their secondary. And I think that, you know, Mitch Trubisky, um, I know people are a little weary of him, but he's definitely a guy capable of making big plays. We saw him have a six-touchdown game earlier in the year. We saw him put up uh, really strong performances uh, many weeks of the season. And I think that Taylor Gabriel and the receivers that they do have in, in Chicago can make uh, Philly definitely pay in the back end. And, again, I think that with Pat Philly being such a pass-happy team, I mean, that plays right into the teeth of the Bears' defense. And that's it's not that's not something you want to play against. You don't want to play with Khalil Mack. You don't want to play with those guys with that defense and pass against them all game. That's not a winning formula. So, with that said, I like the Bears at home. All right. JB, as if I, as if I didn't know. But go ahead, JB. Yeah, I mean, it's really for all the reasons that you just stated. I can't stand the Eagles for obvious reasons. Brother Dr. Tran is a Bears fan, so obviously I'm going to make that claim to go with the Bears as well. That was the easiest one for me to pick up all these games. Well, let me take that back. Cowboys would be the easiest one. Bears would be the next easiest one. And it, and all that aside, I just feel as though this really seems to be the, the Bears' year uh, in, in terms of the offense is starting to come around a little bit. Obviously, we talked about Trubisky last week, or last time we spoke, how he and Dak are on similar uh, wavelengths, if you will. But it's that defense. When you have a defense that can score points, not just stop the opponent, but can score points, that makes a huge difference. And, and this is a defense that can put points on the board. So I, I like for them to be able to stop the 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 St. Nick train and all this stuff. The Eagles are a dangerous team. They're clicking when they're supposed to, but I just feel like the Bears have too much too much defense for that offense. And um, I think Tariq Hill is going to be, a, or not Tariq Hill, excuse me, Tariq Cohen is going to be a, a factor in this game as well. So I'm going to take the Bears easy on this one. All right. Last but not least, we know who he's going to pick, but give us your analysis of the Eagles coming to town to face the Super Bowl champion Eagles coming to face the mid the mid, mid what is it, midway monsters mid monsters of midway that's it. So, so thus far all week long I've had to listen to the utter disrespect of a team that went twelve and four, going up against a team that the only reason they're in is because we helped them uh, with a yep. backup quarterback who who started out the season looking like, oh, damn, we need Carson Wentz. And, yep, he got hot. The team played better. Uh, and they had a chance to get in. And Chicago is the reason why they're in. Chicago is the reason why they're coming to Chicago. Uh, you know, the only edge I give the Eagles is experience. Oh, but those are the same experienced players that caught that big head after they won that Super Bowl. But like I said, when um, we played the Rams, um, they haven't seen this defense. Um, 
this defense is different. Nick Foles has not seen this defense. You know, I've, I've seen him get hot these past few weeks. He loves to push the ball down the field, but this is a really good secondary with two pro bowlers in it. It's a really good front seven with two pro bowlers in it and a bunch of alternates. Uh, you mentioned Tariq Cohen, but uh, I think you better keep your sights on Jordan Howard. Last month, the last month of the season, he rushes for almost 400 yards. You know, Matt Nagy has found a way to get this guy involved. And they have to come to the Windy City. I mean, when I say the disrespect is unreal, the disrespect is unreal. So, with all this not from us. Uh, Eagles experience, huh? So, not from us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, of course not. Of course not, because we kind of know what we're talking about. You know, so I give all respect to Doug Peterson. I think he'll have those guys uh, ready to play. Uh, to me, he's he's my biggest concern because he is an aggressive head coach. You know, uh, he's going to try to find as many ways possible to attack this defense. Um, but this defense gets up to play. And, and one of the things, you know, uh, I, I, I talk to one of my family members every week about the Bears, both me and him. I actually get some, some things from him that I've actually said on the show. But um, the one thing I love about Chicago this all is this whole season is through our win streaks here and there, this team has been pretty much even keel. It hasn't been too high, hasn't been too low, and they've come to play and they've been in every single game. Not one game has Chicago been out of in 16 games. And you guys have watched a lot of football. T, you watched more than most, more than all of us. And you know that is not easy to stay competitive uh, for 16 games and do it week in and week out. And Chicago has done that. And now we're in the playoffs at 12-4 and four with the best defense in the league going against a team who barely made it and is in because we allowed you to get in. Stop. Be serious. We're 12 and 4. You know what I'm saying? We didn't make it off a whim. We kicked the shit out of Minnesota when they needed to win in an environment that's nothing like the Saints. I get it. But it was a hostile environment against a team that needed to win. And we punched them in the mouth and sent them home packing. And now we're in, and, they gotta, and the Eagles got to come see us? And you dumbass analysts is how Nick Foles cause of last year? You know, Mayor, Trey, sorry, I long story short. No, 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 no. I just want to feedback for one minute, which is why I find, I find commonality with you because your team isn't getting a lot of respect other than like Lewis Riddick and a few isolated others. And everybody is riding Nick Foles, Josh, and feeling like the Eagles are on a similar run to last year. And I feel the same, you know, it's like, oh, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, and this was supposed to be a rebuilding year, but look at what they're doing. And it's like, I'm sorry, my team's won seven out of eight. What are you, what are you talking about? You know, it's like, it's, it's, I, I don't get it. I don't get why our teams aren't getting the respect as the third and fourth seed that we should get. But here's a very interesting fact that everybody should take, take note. If, in fact, our predictions come true in the NFC South and Dallas wins and the Bears win, 
y'all know that Dallas would then go to New Orleans to have a rematch with the Saints. This would be in New Orleans, but they did beat the Saints and expose the Saints because the Saints have not looked the same since Dallas beat them. That is a fact. They have not looked the same. Before that game, they were looking like a 40-point against juggernaut. Since that game, they have not looked the same. They were exposed by the Cowboys. And the Bears, they went, go to L.A. to play the Rams, who they beat down and held to a season low six points in their own state. So when I say I dream, as my brother likes to say, sometimes I dream, um, the dream of Dallas in a couple of weeks having to travel to Soldier Field is not as far as You can't hear you very well. It could very well <laughs> It could very well happen. And, and, and that's not the homer in me. Okay, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. But that's okay. I'm allowed. We're allowed. But look at the path here. Look at two teams that finished third and fourth, both won their division, convincingly, I might add. We won with a week ago. Train won, I think, Halloween. I don't know. You won week three or whatever. I don't know. You won a long time ago, right? And both of us. Week 14. No fucking respect. And I've been around. You guys have all acknowledged. My age, I'm old, motherfucker. I've watched a lot of football. And I'll tell you, the thing that drives this team, that whole thing about bulletin board material and disrespect, that shit is real. That shit is real. Byron Jones was quoted as saying, challenge accepted, when asked about all of the negativity and how everyone, the people aren't believing in Dallas. And he just said, challenge accepted. Connecticut's own Byron Jones. Who went to St. Paul in Bristol, Connecticut, where me and JB are from. But that's another conversation for another day. But anyway, uh, Pro Bowler Byron Jones. These teams are not going to sit back and not have just a little bit of extra oomph, just a little bit extra fire in their tank with all the crap that's being. And it's only Wednesday. Got three more days of garbage to listen to before two more days. Garbage. Before kickoff. Man. Garbage. Man, so I'm with you, Train. I'm with you now. If we do end up in the championship game down the road, then we gonna, then it's gonna be another whole conversation. That's gonna be another level of conversation. But right now, we allies. Right now, we allies. <laughs> indeed, indeed, and it's it just, it's just crazy. Like I, I get that people wanna wanna harp on playoff experience, but the reason why people get playoff experience. It's because they managed to win in the playoffs. The reason why new people get playoff experience and come back the next season is because they managed to win in the playoffs. If that was the case, there will only be a select teams with playoff experience. I'm sorry. It is not the same teams every year. It doesn't happen that way. Just because they're back, oh, man, they're playoff experience. Nah, bro, they have to play against a different team. They gotta play. They gotta play against the opposing team, and the opposing team is more ready than you want to give them credit for, because the opposing team has football experience. Because at the end of the day, it's football. That's that's what it is. It's football. Yep. And teams that got strong defenses are going to show these folks who are so quarterback happy 
that when the quarterback spends a lot of time on his back, it's very difficult to put up points against him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, um, I don't have anything else. Uh, I, I, you know, I figure at some point we'll get into the coaching carousel, um, but we don't need to do that tonight. I really want to stay focused on, you know, breaking news, certainly the Steelers situation. We'll keep an eye on that. And of course these playoffs. So um, I'm going to go around the horn and get everybody's last words, uh, last thoughts for tonight. And uh, let's start with JB. Final thoughts from you, JB. JB, are you there? Did you mute us? Of course he did. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. No, I'm phone issues. I'm here. Um, okay. Basically, all I was saying is it's it too bad we can't get into that coaching carousel. I would love to get into it, but obviously time doesn't permit, so look forward to the next one. As far as this weekend goes, going to be some great football. This is really what we've been waiting for. The regular season is done. Now it's time for the big boys to play, so I'm really looking forward to seeing which teams are going to surprise us, which teams are going to disappoint us, and hopefully it's not the Bears and it's not the Cowboys. Go playoffs. Go boys. All right. Yeah, I mean, next week we'll go back to our normal Tuesday night schedule since we're through the holidays. And, um, you know, depending on how the weekend goes, if if both of our teams have won and are moving forward, then it'll probably leave us more time to talk about the coaches uh, if our team's lost, and who knows? So we'll 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 keep that table for now. But we will get to the coaches. But um, thanks, JB. Um, K Star, your final words. Yeah, it sucks the Steelers aren't in the playoffs. I wish any Steelers news, all the Steelers news, would go away. This is insane. Um, best of luck to your teams in the playoffs. I'd rather talk about them at this point. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward <laughs> to some really good games. Looking forward to really good games this this Saturday and this Sunday. All right. Um, My brother, Dr. Train, fired up. Your final words. So uh, I I won't get into the coaching carousel. Uh, I look forward to that conversation, but I will say, I will just, I I just want to say this, just this one thing is a damn shame what they did to Steve Wills down there in uh, Arizona. Damn shame, period. That's that's, that's all I'm going to say about that, and I know we'll get into that. Uh, oh, we will. Trust me. I think we all agree with you. We'll get into that. Because... Yeah. Yes, uh, sir. Secondly, thank all four of you. Well, no, it's only three of you. Damn, just four of us. Anyway, thank y'all for showing my bears the support. And just, yeah, I, I know we're different than what we listen to in the media. And it's and the more I see player turn analysts, the more I'm just like, man, did y'all really, did y'all really play football, or y'all just? Uh, y'all just regurgitating what what was said when y'all were playing football. You know, there are a few of them who get up there and they just like I'll be like, oh man, I listen to him all the time. You know, but there are some I'm just like, damn dog. I mean, I know you played the quarterback position, but you know, you don't get your hand out of his jock strap. He, you know, stop stroking the dude. You know, people like Maurice Jones, Drew, just make dumbass traditions. The fight, the fight's gonna beat the Bears this weekend. We'll turn around, beat him. We, have you seen us play? Like seriously, I, I don't, I don't understand these guys. But it is what it is. Even James Jones, it's like, bro, you seen Green Bay? They going down the hill. It's okay. The jump ship before it sinks. But it's whatever. You you play it, then you play it to our fan. It's it's crazy. But thank y'all. 
for understanding what real football looks like. You know, the only unfortunate thing is that the Steelers are not in, so we can have a trifecta of conversation, which would be great. But one one year that will happen maybe next year. Uh, but looking forward to Sunday, uh, Sunday night in particular. But definitely want to see all the games to see how team plays. And I agree, I, I agree, JB. Yes, both our teams here next weekend. We're winners. We defended the home field. You know, seven, both seven and one at home. Both bringing the defenses, and really, both bringing the unexpected because people don't know. They think they know, but they don't know. You know what I'm saying? You you don't know how these guys are gonna respond. You don't know. You don't know how they feel. You know, but I believe they will defend their homes, and we'll be back here next weekend. You know what I'm saying? Sipping the cup, talking the shit. Go Cowboys. Definitely go Bears. And uh, all right, look to you guys. Things for me, um, I think. I think. Um, I think. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about in the coaching carousel, and we we, we will definitely get to that. Um, but as far as uh, you know, it's interesting that while we have rivalries on this call, you know, we're not roasting K Star like we would normally because we've been there and we feel his pain. You know, we've been out of, you know, both our teams were not in the playoffs last year. We know how that feels. And certainly all teams have had different issues. And I and I like the fact that while we're rivals and we do talk our junk, you know, I never believe in really kicking a friend when they're down. You know, if K-Star wasn't a brother, that'd be different. But he's our brother. And I'm glad that none of us really kicked him while he's going through this. Um, you know, so I, I, I appreciate that from us as a, as a, as a foursome here that, you know, we let we, we support in case start through his rough time. And I hopefully case hey, me too. remember this. Yeah. I hopefully you'll remember this in the future. But, <laughs> um, um, you know, and you know, as far as games go, I, I couldn't agree with train more. I mean, at this point this weekend, I'm go Cowboys and go bears. Um, I'd be go bears anyway. Cause that's our brother, but I'm doubly go bears because I can't stand the goddamn Eagles and the disrespect you know, and, and, you know, let me piggyback your thoughts on analysts. I mean, right now for former players, and maybe I'm missing some, but I can only think of two. Well, no, actually three right now that I listen to and they get my attention. Um, Ryan Clark, Shannon Sharp, Greg Jennings. Now, Shannon can be a little dramatic, but when he's focused on analyzing, he's very accurate and he's very detailed and he's very specific. And even this weekend, we talked about Dak, and he's been a, a big, you know, uh, attacker of Dak Prescott in general. And even he had to say Dak had a great game. He came right out and said, I, I can't, I cannot hate on Dak after what I saw this week. My question is, can he do this again? And that's everyone's question. So he's not saying anything that we don't hear from everybody. Um, I appreciate Ryan Clark. And Greg Jennings is very thoughtful and very deliberate with what he says. So from former players, but everybody else, man, and and I might be missing somebody. So I will I will admit, uh, Jones Drew is an idiot. LT is up and down on NFL Network. I like so her good. Not. He's all right. He's all right. I, I don't know that he's great, but he's all right. Um, Dion's up and down. I, I don't really. I, I've lost a lot of respect for him as an NFL analyst. Still the greatest cornerback ever and arguably one of the greatest athletes ever. I can't take anything away. But when I listen to him, 
up and down. A lot of these guys are just up and down. They don't bring anything special to the discussion than what we bring. Yeah, exactly. They bring an opinion, and you would expect someone who played the game, been the Pro Bowls, been the Super Bowls, like, I'm sitting here waiting. All right. You know, man, you were there. Holler at me. And sometimes I'm listening to them like, that's all you got. That, that's the best you can. That's the best you can teach me. Okay, maybe I need to be on there teaching you. So I'm with you, train man. Some of these analysts, a lot of these analysts, some of these former coaches. I like uh, Mangini. I think he's pretty good. Uh, we used to all love, you know, our boy. Uh, you play, you know, he, we, Herm Edwards. He was great. Yeah. Um, I like Lewis Riddick. I think he's good. But man, oh yeah, yeah. Guys, yeah, but some of these guys, man, they get paid all this money to analyze the game. And, you know, they come in with all these Super Bowls and Pro Bowls and some are Hall of Famers. And I'm sitting there like, you a Hall of Famer and that's how you feel? Yeah, okay. Well, so, I'm glad I'm going to get just to and have name brand, man. Yeah. I like LT, too, uh, T. Uh, if you look at the three when they on NFL primetime, I, I, I really I, I like LT out of out of the three there. To me, he tends to make more yeah, sense I mean, than I think Deion. He's okay. I think yeah. he's okay. Um, he's not where I would want him to be just yet. I, I think Shannon shines on that set. Um, frankly, I think you know his, his personality and then his insight. Um, I think he shines, but I don't like Dion at all. I think LT's okay. My opinion, you know, we can agree to disagree. Um, but I just, you know, I listen to Shannon Sharp a lot. I watch Undisputed, and um, he makes sense. You know, I mean, he brings specifics, and where Skip is always emotional and always flashy and always just illogical, you know, Shannon just comes back and says, wait a minute. One minute ago, you, you hated pro football focus. This was just the day. You just got through criticizing pro football focus. Now you're using them to make your point. So which is it? Are they credible or not? Like, that's what I like about Shannon. So, but you know what? I think what we do, we're just the best kept secret in all of broadcasting. You know, I think our our analysis is just as good as any of them. I think our insight and our knowledge and our reference to the game, I think I'd put us up against anybody. I think we could go on any of these shows and talk about the Bears, talk about the Cowboys, talk about the Steelers, and in general talk about the NFL. Now, maybe we don't know routes and certain plays and leverage and coverage and all of that. Hey, we didn't play on that level. But we know the generality of the game. We know effectiveness, efficiency. We know talent from crap. That's really all a fan wants to hear is, are you executing or not? We, we certainly know that. So, all right. So, on that note, I got nothing left. Great show, guys. Uh, we will be back next Tuesday night. Uh, back to our normal time Tuesday night, 9 o'clock my time, 6 o'clock Dr. Crane's time. And, hey, four great games. Really, all four of these games could go either way when you sit and look at them. They really are four games. I don't know what Vegas is saying. They really could go all either way. But at the end of the day, as we always say here on the Mad Boys, those games and those feuds will be settled on the field. Everybody have a good night. Enjoy the rest of the week. Happy New Year to everybody. Enjoy the games this week, and we'll see you next Tuesday night.